extra session to become stronger since we have we don't have a lot of people left behind. And so the message of today is actually part of the same section as chap, uh, chapter 51. And so like the title of today, I'm using the same title that I, I preached um, from uh, the last time I preached from the book of Isaiah. Just to listen, be awoken, and uh, the last one. Here we can be amazed. So the title is Here Awaken, Be Amazed. So starting from chapter 51 to 52, God is giving comfort and encouragement to Israel who is in a difficult situation. Because they are at the moment they are they are captives of Babylon. And in that moment, God is giving comfort to his people. And what is that message that is to listen, hear, and be amazed? But if we, have, if we start from chapter 51, then the sermon is going to go on for like three or four hours. So that's why we are going to focus on chapter 52, verses 1 through chapter, uh, verse 12. But you have to know the context, the overall context and background before. And so I'm going to speak briefly about the background of this message. So 51 verses 1 through 8 talks about listen, listening. The verse 1 it says, listen to me, which is spoken by God. And verse 4 also says, listen to me, my people. Verse 7 also says, hear me, you who know what is right. So for three times, God repeats this phrase, listen to me, hear me. And then starting from verse 8, it says, it is God saying to Israel, I have called you when you have no hope. So it means listen, for you have received my calling. And this is, the uh, this is the encouragement that God gives to me whenever I fall into despair. Because I have called you, I, I'm going to take responsibility for you. And in the process of becoming a pastor, I had a lot of doubts about becoming a sincere and faithful servant before the Lord. But this is what the Lord spoke to me. I have chosen you, I have made you, and that's why I'm going to make you into a great pastor. And his plans for us are very, very uh, extraordinary. And that his plan is to make us holy and blameless and as a child of God, to become his royal children, to become heirs to his kingdom. And so rather than becoming a great person, we're supposed to become a great God. And that cannot be achieved through our efforts. It is only possible through God. And that's why when you listen to His words, and God has no uh, regret in, in choosing us. 
and he never regretted calling us as his children. Even if we cannot pray, even if we stumble, even though it, it seems like we're never growing up, God never regrets. And as the head pastor, I may regret uh, having you guys as, our, as my church members, but God doesn't. And so because God doesn't regret his decisions, we don't need to fall into despair. We, uh, one of the pastors talked about uh, missing his flight, but he didn't despair. Uh, and he focused on the, the, the voice of the Lord that, guides him, that eventually guided him to Korea. And that's why he was able to be victorious in this whole process. So faith is dependent on what voice you are listening to at the moment. And if you're losing faith, it's because you're listening to the voice of the enemy. I have listened to the voice of God for 31 years. But never once did His voice bring depression or, or despair upon me. I was always, I fell into despair myself. And I have never lost hope because I continue to listen to the voice of God. He keeps saying, you, you're doing well. I will help you. I will take responsibility. And this is different than having a positive mind. If God spoke to you directly, spoke to you directly, then you'll be filled with hope and strength because you have listened to uh, His voice. And that's why it is important for us to listen to the voice of calling. And secondly, from verse 4 to 6, it says, Because I have called you, I'm going to raise you in righteousness. And Israel has been saved. Their salvation comes from the righteousness of God. And the world that does not receive this righteousness will fall, will, will perish. This is written in the same context as Romans. God is going to make Israel righteous and holy. And because God has promised us, we will never perish. And this righteousness is a privilege given to us that, that allows us to meet with the Lord. And so our faith life, uh, it, it can be summed up in having this kind of faith. Then we can never fall away from the Lord. And He has promised that He's going to lead us to become holy and blameless. And from verse 7 to 8, it says, The righteousness of God is eternal. And so those who have been called by God are righteous, and those who are righteous can enter into glory. And His glory and His righteousness lasts for eternity. And all those who are willing to receive that also can enjoy this eternity. We have the privilege, we have the right to enjoy this time with the Lord forever. And so if you have this kind of faith, there's no reason for you to be interested in the world anymore. Because once you, when you, once you encounter the Lord, all your channels are opened. And so you don't have to seek anything. You don't desire for anything of the world anymore because all these channels are open to you, uh, for you by God. And so whatever you ask from Him, whatever you want to receive from God, He will give it to you. So we have no uh, interest in the world. But because we cannot believe that fact, 
That's when, when, when these persecutions come or when these trials come, we always fall down because we think uh, we don't have what is, what is necessary for us to, to strive on. And it will be, we will talk about this in the main text today. When you have this righteousness, when you receive this righteousness, you will realize what is failure. You realize why you have failed. When you seek that righteousness, you realize what your goal is, is to become glorious. If you're not looking at His righteousness, it means you're not looking at the light. Then you will seek darkness and fall into darkness. And that's why I'm, I'm upset. Because this is the basics of our faith life. But so many people are still unable to, uh, to, to understand this concept. So spiritually saying um, a, a great revelation or, or these mystical or mysterious things uh, cannot, is, is not um, a fundamental issue for us even if those things are not revealed to our church. But this issue of righteousness, the righteousness that was given to you as soon as you were saved, if you're unable to believe that, if you're unable to receive that, then that means you cannot even get rid of uh, get rid of a single bitter root that 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 is uh, planted within you. How many years have you spent in this church already? But you can't even get uh, resolve this issue of your righteousness, and that's why you seek other things, other methods, and that's something that uh, really upsets me. So today, what is the thing that we need to receive? Is to listen to the voice of calling, and listen to the voice of God. Hear him saying, you are my righteousness, you are my pride, you are my delight. Faith comes from receiving the word of God. You need to listen to that voice of righteousness because that righteousness lasts forever. And so we, need, we don't need to be afraid of the, uh, of the accusations of the world. That's what verse 8 says. What does it say? Is it not verse 8? Verse 7. Yeah. It says, Hear me, you, know, you people who have taken my instructions to heart. Because It is because you don't have His righteousness. You listen to the voice of the world. Because you're worried about what, how the world thinks of you, how other people think of you what that church member thinks of me, what my friends think of me. I'm, you're constantly uh, focused on these things. What the world thinks of you, what your friends think about you is not important. It is the only acknowledgement that we need to receive is from God, how God looks at us. But because you don't listen to the message of righteousness, you keep seeking acknowledgement from the world and from others. So today, the foreigners that who will soon return to their own countries, they're doing very well. But of course, you need to continue to receive uh, this calling from God and listen to His voice. Because we are, uh, we are existentially kings, we are royal beings, but it, it is uh, when you listen to the voice of the word, it's like you listening to uh, the court jester. 
So you need to have pride in yourself. You are a royal being. You are a king in the eyes of God. And so it doesn't make sense for you to listen to uh, the lowly beings that are that have entered into your court. You need to have this pride. So bless one another. You are a king. You are a queen. You are a king. Pastor Francesco, where's your hat that says boss? <clears throat> Let's move on to awaken. So in three, in three times God says awaken. But the main text of today uh, talks about the third awaken. The third time that God says awaken. The first two are written in chapter 51. So if your spirit is, is sleeping, then it, it needs to be awakened. And all of us, we have a certain part of ourselves that, is, that are sleeping at the moment. And if you realize that, then you need to awaken that part. For a spirit to mature and grow, means that your spirit is awakened uh, towards the Lord no matter what kind of situation comes to you. If you're spiritually bound, then that means that part of yourself is asleep. For example, if you're bound by uh, greed, then you're very sensitive to the, the material wealth of the world. And you're very numb towards the abundance and the materials of the Lord. For example, let's say somebody, the Lord gave somebody $10,000. Oh, oh, God wants to bless that person with $10,000, but this person is just satisfied with $1,000 because they cannot see the grand scale of the Lord and they're, they're just satisfied with the amount that they could, they could uh, receive for themselves. When you live by faith, you're not supposed to live by the limitations of man. For 20 years already in this church, we have experienced this abundance. And the, the, the pastor from Guatemala also shared. We, don't, we didn't have a lot of money. And in her case, she didn't have money to, to, uh, to fund her, her journey to this conference. But as soon as she responded by faith, God blessed her with the, the exact amount of money that, that she needed to go to the conference. If you realize that the, the, the work that you have put in right now will lead to a great harvest in the future, then that itself will give you encouragement to, to work towards that great harvest. But if you cannot look at what, the, what, what, what you're about to harvest, the, the fruits that you're about to bear, then every step you take is going to be very difficult. It's going to be a struggle for you. And it, is, it becomes very easy for you to give up. And that means you're just focused on the problems that are right before you. And you struggle with those things and you're unable to overcome those issues. So it is not an issue of your situation or surroundings, but it's an issue of faith. It is because your faith is not awakened. 
for a person of faith, that issue may may not be a problem to them. But an unfaithful person will look at that same issue and make it a huge deal. And those who are faithful will just look at that person saying, oh, that, that person is foolish, and tell them to wake up. Just believe in God. Believe that He's going to help you through this. Do not realize who you are living with. So your whole existence needs to be awakened through this message. Awoken? Because uh, all the all of our human issues, all of our human problems, cannot become an issue in the eyes of God. And since we live with Him, He is able to help us to to uh, to transcend our limitations. But because we don't have faith, because we don't, we're not asking for Him for help, we cannot overcome these issues. So let's bless one another. Awaken. To stay awake. Uh, chapter 51 verse 9 talks about the first awake so verse 9 through 11 talks about how to be awoken by God and because the Israelites were so dire of, of, of salvation they were crying out before the Lord they were put in a situation they, where they couldn't do anything but cry out to the Lord and ask Him for help. The Lord would just save us, redeem us. Because they were taken captive by Babylon, they could only rely on the Lord to come and save them. Of course, it is not a good faith to only seek the Lord when we're in these dire situations. But no matter what, um, no matter what is before us, we need to rely on Him. So Israelites are saying, Lord, would you please wake up and save us? And uh, verse 11, uh, verse 12, God responds. Is, uh, if, you, um, if you truly believe in me, then, then would you be afraid of Babylon? Ultimately, when you're when you're afraid of your situations, when you're afraid of your issues, you're not afraid of that situation or that issue itself, but you're afraid because you don't have faith in the Lord. So you cannot say, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid, I'm in fear because I don't have money, because I don't have something, because, yeah, I'm in that situation. That perspective itself comes from the world. But you have to realize that in God, there are no issues, there are no problems. So if something becomes an issue for you, then that is a problem, that is an issue with your faith and not with God. If you have faith, then nothing becomes a problem. Because God is, is, is greater than any of our problems. So the Israelites should not be saying, Lord, would you awake and come and save us? Rather, they have to say that, word, say that statement to themselves. Because God is always awake. So the problem lies with, with, with the Israelites. And then finally, God says, Awaken Israel. 
And that is in verse 17. It says, Rise up, Jerusalem. And right now, is, the Israelites cannot see what their problems are because they're asleep. And they don't have the strength to rise again. And so if they're le- left in that state, then they will die. But God does not neglect His children to let them die. And because they have finished their their, ju- their judgment, uh, God is going to save them in this time. And that is the blessing that God has given to His children. Because if He says so, then the, His children will rise again. And so it is very important for us in our spirituality to have endurance and patience. Don't try to solve your own issues. Right, wait for the right timing. Wait for God to rise from His throne to come and aid you. It is important for you to endure and be patient until then. So all you have to do is, is repent and wait for the Lord. And in that sense, God is saying, uh, telling the Israelites to awaken. Even though they are captives of Babylon right now, if they're willing to, to seek the Lord, God has promised them. He says, no matter where you are, even if you are captives, if you believe and acknowledge that you are children, uh, you are my children and my people, then I will save you because uh, you are my you are my people and you are my children. And, uh, the, and the Israelites, when they were taken captive by Babylon, um, afterwards they were blessed by the Lord. And even right now, the, uh, the, the Jews that are spread across the world, they are blessed with the Lord's abundance. It is because they have not lost their identity before the Lord. They, they, they know for a fact that they are still the children of God. And that's why the Lord allows this 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 uh, this sovereignty to be given to His children. But uh, many of us we lose our identity when we face dif- difficulties, and then we fall into darkness, we fall into wickedness. We we start to live by our own strength, by our own uh, by our own decisions, and we become more bound. But when we're met with difficulties, we have to have this faith that we are still the children of God, that God is going to save us from this eventually. And all you have to do is wait for that deliverance. You shouldn't face any failures in this kind of, uh, this kind of event. But many of us face too many failures in this aspect. You, face, you, you fail when you lose money. You fail when you when you're met with a difficult situation because you fall into despair. Mm-hmm. Living with the Lord is very simple. All you have to do is not forget who you are before the Lord. So now let's go look into the main text. Yeah, I went through that very briefly, right? A day like this, if the sermon is very long, then people will get upset. It's a, it's a day of celebration for us. So hopefully we can uh, briefly go through the sermon, but that is up to the Holy Spirit. So let's look at the third 
uh, verse that talks about being awo- awake, awoken. Like I said before, we need to be awoken. Uh, our whole existence needs to be awoken. And especially during during this time of message, you need to listen carefully. But if you have spent the whole week not praying to the Lord and not living with Him, then then it should be be very obvious uh, that you will fall asleep during the sermon. But it is not just if you if you took a whole uh, a week off from praying. Even even if you take one day off, if if that spiritual binding is very strong within you, then that would immediately cause you to become drowsy and become tired when 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 um when it comes when it comes to worship. And there are no other ways for us. We need to always stay awake and stay awake in our prayers, especially. You need to have proof that you have met with the Lord each and every day. You need to be filled with joy. You need to feel the Holy Spirit moving you dynamically each and every day. And you need to have proof of that, that is happening, that that event, that phenomenon is happening to you each and every day. But if you're, if you're, oh, you should not allow yourself to become depressed, become uh, down, become negative. And that is the case uh, for, for every situation. Because nothing can happen in this world that will, that will make me fall asleep spiritually. The reason why you're you're dealing with those those difficulties is because you've allowed uh, allowed yourself to be open to these attacks. So that's why we need to stay spiritually alert, because the kingdom of God is coming towards us right now, and God is telling us to open up the doors of heaven every day. When, when Mrs. Park passed away recently, I said that the doors of heaven were open to receive her spirit. And one of the deacons came and asked me. And asked me, you tell us to open up the doors of heaven every day, does that mean we're all going to die? And so I, I told him. Because I have the doors of heaven open to me. Because I have this door open to me every day, it doesn't matter for me. But for you, who, who only opens the door occasionally, you must be careful not to have your have your uh, spirit taken away. So that's why we have to keep those doors open. And do not let, uh, let evil and wickedness come and attack you. So let's look at the third awake. Verse 1. Awake, awake, Zion. Beforehand, God says, rise up Jerusalem. And Jerusalem and Zion are, are referred to as the same. Because Mount Zion is in the, in the center of Jerusalem. And that's where the, 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 the temple of God stays. 
And so when God is talking about Zion, He's talking about His temple, which is in the center of Jerusalem. And the most important assembly, the most important place of Israel is Jerusalem. And specifically, specifically, God is uh, talking to the priests of His temple. So more than anybody else, uh, the Lord's servants need to stay alert. And this is the reason why we always minister to pastors when we go overseas. For, for the church members to fall asleep is not that big of an issue. But as soon as the pastor falls asleep, that is a huge issue. Because the whole church will, will, will start to fade away. So even though I'm alert, uh, I'm awake, many of, many of the, our church members also fall asleep. But it is very important for the church to stay awake and for the pastor especially to stay awake. When we look at the tabernacle, the, the, the incense that is being burned over there lasts for, uh, for, for 24 hours. And that's the reason why we have 24 hours and 24 hour intercession going on in this church. Because the, the, the smoke has to continue to rise from the church as well. And, th and that's how the church can stay awake. And that's how the people of the church stay awake. And, and in that sense, God is saying, Awake Zion, clothe yourselves with strength, put on your garments of spl splendor. Chapter 51 talks about Israel being uh, God waking up Israel as they are still captives of Babylon. But, chapter 52 verse 1 through 6 might, might be talking about the current Jerusalem but it's also talking about Jerusalem when they are how they will be when they're when they stay awake so before God God told him to stay awake awaken when there were still captives But now God is saying, now that you have taken care of that issue of beco becoming a captive, ha uh, stay awake spiritually. It is talking about a reformation, a restoration. So God is speaking this message to us. This is a spiritual state that we need to have as we prepare for, the, for this new Jerusalem. This holy city is not talking about the current identity of Jerusalem. It's talking about a holy city that is completely free of the, of the bondage of, of Babylon. So it is important for us to not lose our direction in, in, uh, in walking towards holiness. Let's, let's say I have, I, have, uh, I have maintained a certain amount of holiness and a certain amount of prayers have been accumulated. But we shouldn't be satisfied the amount that we have already, already achieved. In Philippians chapter 3, Paul says, I'm going to continue. He says, uh, I'm... 
I'm going to run, run towards the target is what Paul says in Philippians chapter 3. And that means we should not rest and be satisfied the amount that we have right now, but we continue to run towards until we reach uh, completion. So that's why we have to face towards the Lord. We need to look towards Him. And people who have their direction set towards God have this desire for completion, have a desire for, for perfection. And they cannot uh, resist their instincts to go before the Lord, become closer with God. Moses, after seeing uh, the glory of God twice, he still speaks about reading God for the third time because he desired for that glory. In Exodus chapter three, uh, 33, Moses says, God, would you show me your glory again? Even if I am to die because of that, uh, because uh, because of that encounter, I'm willing to receive your glory. That's the kind of uh, desire that Moses had. That's the kind of ambition—not ambition, but in, uh, his yearning that he had for God. So when we're willing to go pure towards the Lord, uh, uh, when we have stopped desiring for God in this way, we allow these these impurities to come upon us. We seek other things. We allow other things to come in and contaminate us. But like I said before, our spirituality is dependent on our, our on our direction. We need to face towards God. We need to have desire to become closer with Him. And we need to have desire that God will fulfill the portion that He has given to us. And so the Holy Spirit is uh, written in verse 1 is talking about that state of completion. And that's why we continue to desire for His kingdom. So we need to have our portion be filled by the Lord, be filled with the desire that we have and to become this holy city. And I'm not telling you to desire for God with your own, uh, with your own efforts. In Second uh, Corinthians chapter four, it says, when you face the, when you when you look at the face of God, you're able to receive the light that shines from His face, and that is His glory. And when we maintain the fullness of the Holy Spirit. God completes His image that He has uh, transplanted within us. So there's nothing that is difficult about our, spirit, our, our faith life. It is a matter of what direction you're facing. Just look forward. But because you look at the world, you're facing the world, you look at your situation, you look at your conditions, and that's why you stumble. Because, and that's how you get contaminated and polluted. But like the message of Isaiah, we need to stay awake then there's no issue because you're facing the Lord. And when you're facing the Lord, then all of your darkness will be resolved by God. All of your problems will be resolved by God. All of your, all of your spiritual bindings will be resolved by God as well. So today as well, we need to face towards this, this holy city, the city of perfection. And to those people, God says, put on your garments of splendor. And what, like what Pastor Gembe said, he says we need to take away, uh, unclothe ourselves with the old clothes and put on our new clothes. 
And like how the kings of Israel were, 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 were given these royal robes, we will be clothed both with the robes of the priest and the robes of the king. And this is something that has been already, be, already been given to us by Jesus. We are wearing those clothes right now. So what are we to do right now? Is to wash those clothes every day with the blood of Christ. And as the high priest, we have been given uh, the royal robes. And if it becomes dirty, then we have to wash it. Wash it with the blood of Christ. This is extraordinary. And there are uh, millions of reasons why we need to give our life for Jesus. But he's, and one of the reasons is that he's the only being that has been, both been given the title of a priest and a king. And so everything that happens in the world lies within. But why do you still seek people? Why do you still seek money and power from the world? It's because you don't believe in this. You don't believe in Jesus. He's the king of kings. He's the ruler of the world. And he's the only person that can give you this power and authority. So why do we ask, uh, ask help from others? Why do we seek the help of the world? For me, rather than seeking somebody for help, I always go before the Lord and pray that God will resolve this issue for me. Because it is much easier for me to, uh, for, for God to do something rather than have me, uh, have, have me uh, think about it and, and uh, take responsibility for my own actions. You know, things might be different if your IQ is 250. That means you're, you're on par with the IQ of, 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 of the devil. But anyways, this is a ma uh, an issue of faith and nothing else. And with this great title, Jesus himself has given us the same title that has been bestowed upon him. And because we have become the same beings, we can become uh, before the Lord. And Jesus has already resolved everything as our advocate. We as well, we uh, have been given the privilege to come before the Lord to resolve all of our own issues. Like I said before, prayer is not you begging the Lord for something. It is a proclamation. Long ago, when a prince comes before the king, uh, the king cannot just neglect and ignore the prince because they are all heirs that will, that will one day become a king, a king. The king can dismiss his request, but he cannot ignore the request of a prince. Because the prince also has power and authority because he is a royal, royal being. And because, uh, and we as well, are royal beings before the Lord. That's why the Lord is pleased with us when we go before Him, when we talk to Him. And when we do something that is, that is, that is inspired to, that's an inspiration given to us by God, then God will allow us to do His work. 
And so Jesus and the Holy Spirit becomes advocates for us when we when we pray before the Lord. So we have true advocates that are guaranteeing our prayers to be given to be to be lifted up to God for Him to respond. And why is that possible? It is because Jesus has paid the price for our sins. And more than that, we have become the child of God. And that's why we have this privilege. But why are you unable to use that privilege? It's because you have allowed yourself to be attacked by the world. Because you have sought the world rather than seeking for God. And if if a prayer request that you if a prayer that you have requested from God is not responded, they need to pray until it is responded, or God gives you uh, encouragement, or 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 He persuades you not to pray about that topic. Oh, and the next part of her says the uncircumcised in the fire will never will not enter you again. This is because you maintain your holiness, and you have become a temple of God. And that we have become the holy of holies. We have become a sanctuary for the Holy Spirit. It is written in the Gospels, in Philippians, in Ephesians, in Second Corinthians. It says, it says that the, since the Spirit of God has been given to you, you have become His holy sanctuary. And that means as soon as we have received the Holy Spirit, we have become a being that cannot allow these, these defiled things to come into us. What is a term that we, 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 we think is very important when it comes to our spirit? It means already, it is a word already, but not yet. It is already, that already God has given us this, but it is not completed yet. You have already become a being where you, where you're set apart from the world. And but because we still have impurities within us, we need to we need to become cleansed and become holy through repentance. And you need to continue to empty yourself until only the truth and only the gospel of God remains within you. Your mind and your spirit should be filled with the word of God and with only the word of God. The high priest is only able to enter the Holy of Holies once a year. But if he has just a little bit of impurity within him, then he would die instantly. And Paul used an analogy for us because he has so much fear and so much uh, uh, respect for the Lord. 2 Corinthians 6 3. It says, God will, will, uh, will, will destroy all those who, who defile his temple. That's the same fear that Paul had for God, the same fear that, that the high priest had in the Old Testament. Are you guys listening? I really hope that all of us are able to receive this important message today. Through the sacrifice of Jesus, you have to realize how extraordinary of a being you have become through Him. The reason why you still like the world is because you're not believing, you don't believe in what Jesus did for you. If you have received this truly by faith, then you will not so easily allow the world to come into you. 
31 years ago, when I met the Lord, I met with Him through the message of 2 Corinthians. As soon as that message came into me, all the nicotine that has built up within my body because of my 10 years of smoking seeped out of my pores instantaneously through my snot, through my, through my saliva, everything, all the impurities that were within my body all, all came out. And all the, the, uh, all the toxins that came from um, years of alcoholism also seeped out too. And afterwards, after all that happened, I realized that I was surrounded by a pool of my own impurities, by, by these toxins, by, by the, all the nicotine that was with, within my body. So that was what that is. Uh, that is what it means to become the temple of God. You need to have the fear of God present within you. To not defile this temple that God has God has built within you. But when you don't have this fear and you don't have this respect for the Lord, then you allow so many things to come and defile this temple: the world, uh, immorality, and wickedness. On the clothes of the high priest, he also wears a bell. And usually, that bell has this kind of rule. Every time that ring, uh, every time that bell rings on his on his ankle, it just reminds the high priest that there's there's only a few days before he has to enter the holy of holies. And so it, it reminds him to be to to keep himself holy. So that's the kind of same kind of mindset that we should have, because the Holy Spirit becomes our bell. Then he rings and rings and tells us to maintain, to tell us to remind us uh, to re, to maintain our holiness, because we are the temple of God, because we are His sanctuary. And but when this bell goes into the holy of holies, what does it do? It is proof of, for the other people to tell. Uh, it's rules to tell the other people about uh, about 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 it, whether or not the high priest is still alive after he has entered the holy of holies. If that ring stops to if that bell stops to ring, then that signifies that the high priest has died before the presence of God. So the role of the bell is very important. So is it ringing right now? Is your bell ringing? Some of you, your bells are not ringing. Is it ringing? Is it ringing for the youth? So I wanted to send you guys to South America next week, but uh, next year. But if you're like this, then that won't be happening. Minister them well so that they can go to South America next year. Next year. We're, we're not, so it, fundamentally it's not an issue of effort it's, it's not through your efforts that you can keep yourself from being defiled but it's because of your being your existence you have to realize that you are not a being that, that can, can be uh, defiled by the world anymore it's such a simple thing it's not an issue of effort 
all you have to do is just believe what Jesus has done for you, everything that God has done for you, then you will, it will come naturally. But for those who don't have this faith, it's something that they cannot grasp their minds around. So don't think of it so, uh, so diffi- with, with difficulty. Don't try to do something. To those people, um, I have pity. I have pity on them. When God came to you, when you when when you had this encounter, He has already achieved everything for you. It says the uncircumcised and defiled will not enter you again. So the holy city is an assembly of those who have, who are not defiled, who are circumcised, who have the the issue of righteousness resolved for them. But why are the current the contemporary churches so powerless? It's because these defiled people and uncircumcised people have come into the church and defiled it. In the early churches, they never allowed those who have not been saved to come into the main worship. Because all the new new believers can only uh, come in worship in the in the individual uh, houses, and as soon as they receive confirmation of salvation, they're invited to the main worship that is in the church. And on that day is their day of baptism, that they receive baptism. And to signify to the community that this person has been baptized in the Spirit. And our commi- the reason why they do this baptism is to, to, sh- to uh, show it to the community, to accept that person as a part of their community. And that's why that community was not, did not have a single person that was defiled. And purity for the early church was something that was very obvious and that was something that they, they, that they uh, kept very precious. But the reason why the current contemporary churches are so powerless is because they allow just anybody to come into the church. This is what has polluted uh, the Church of God. If you don't understand what a church is, then it is impossible for you to live a faith life. Who is going to make this worship holier? Who is going to pollute this worship? And that means some of you are going to become a channel for the Lord and some of you are going to become a channel for the enemy to come and attack us. So, before you come to worship, you need to confirm of your, of your righteousness before coming to worship, before coming before the Lord. You need to repent of your sins. You need to become purified and sanctified before you enter into worship. Because you cannot drag your impurities, you cannot drag your evil to the, uh, the place of worship. In Corinthians 14, everybody needs to become a channel of rep- for revelation. 
everybody has to become a channel of glory. All those who desire for God, all those who desire for His revelations will become a holy channel of God. That is very important. That is the essence. This essence of the church. This is the essence of the glory that God has given to church. And that's why the church cannot be, cannot be combined with the world. Because they cannot accept the defiled things that come from, comes from the world. That's how God created us and we need to, we need to acknowledge that. And there's no verse in the Bible that, con- con- that, that con- uh, counteracts this, this message. As soon as a baby is born, some kids are, are um, ill because, as soon as they come to the womb because of the mother's health issues. But normally, as soon as a baby is born, Let's say a, a, a baby, if they're if they're well, if they're born correctly, they're able to live till 120 years. So if that if that child was to be raised with the right foods, with the right nutrients, nutrients, then that per, that child is supposed to be able to live for 120 years. But if that kid is given uh, instant food, all these bad things that that do not help with their growth, then that child is only only going to be able to live till 80. Likewise. Likewise, because we allow ourselves to be attacked by the enemy, because we're still bound, we allow them to put these chains upon us, we're unable to receive the glory of God that is coming towards us. And to those people, they say the Bible is just uh, a history book. These miracles, all these wonderful things that have happened in the Bible are just happening because it was a long time ago. But no, all the things that are, have happened in the past bro, are, are things that are, <clears throat> are all things that are happening to those who are living by faith. All those who are willing to, to, to live with the holiness of God, they are living with this kind of excitement, with these kind of miracles. But, but others, others who do not realize this, this, this grace, cannot live with those abundance. Verse 2, shake off your dust. Uh, the dust is the actions that the Israelites, mm, Israelites did while they were in captive because of, of, their, of their despair. So God is saying shake it off because you don't need that anymore. So it's it's a different meaning than repent, uh, than telling them to repent. Repent, <clears throat> repentance is something that we have to do until we reach we enter into the kingdom. But the dust written here is talking about uh, their depression, their despair. So God is saying you do not need to fall into depression or despair anymore because of the concerns of the world. Because as soon as you become his child, we are divorced from despair. We are divorced from depression. Because the issue of sin has been resolved for us. And that means that everything else has been resolved for us as well. 
And that's why in the Bible it says over and over again not to not to worry. We need to repent when we worry. And as soon as a concern or a worry comes into your, into your mind, you need to acknowledge that it does not come from you. I'm, I'm poor because I don't have money. And that may be a fact, but that should not become a problem for you. Let's say your father was a multi-billionaire. And let's say you skip a meal because you didn't have a dollar in your pocket. Then will you say, oh, I'm poor, I'm... Then will you t call yourself poor? When your father is a multi-billionaire. No, that doesn't make sense. It is it's just it's just that you don't have money at the moment, but your father has a bunch of money, and so you're you cannot be you cannot call yourself as poor and in need. Likewise, in so many aspects, we're being deceived by the enemy. Let's say you're met with a situation. It brings despair to you. It brings powerlessness to you. You, you think you you despair because you don't have power. You're unable to overcome this issue for yourself. But like I said before, do not be affected by your reality. Your reality is just your reality, but it's not the truth. Even if you're poor, even if you don't have money, you're rich. Even if you're in a difficult situation, you are a powerful man. Even if you're faced failures, you're still victorious. Because we are divine beings. Because the children of God only respond to the truth. They only respond to the promise of the Father. So no, no matter what the enemy spreads on them, no matter how victorious they may seem, that cannot become an issue for you. Because you have the ultimate victory. That is the promise that the Father has given to us. And so even if we fail, even if our reality seems so, so dire, it doesn't matter. Even if all four of your children are asthmatics, it doesn't matter. They may be in pain, but through that, God is going to give glory. And that child is going to, to, to uh, bring you victory because they are the children of God. So don't despair about your children getting ill. I'm not saying that is you. I'm sure you have overcome that problem already. Let's move on. Rise up, sit and throne in Jerusalem. So do not, God, is, God does not tell them to stop after not despairing. And enthroned is written in the past tense. And that is very matter of fact. God has already uh, uh, given us the garments of splendor. And we have been already been enthroned by the Lord. In Ephesians 10, it says, we have been seated by the Lord when we have received our salvation. So our salvation talks about a transformation of our existence to become a royal being that is seated enthroned next to the Lord. So in, in this new Jerusalem, in this holy city, we'll be able to see uh, that, that, that thing becoming true in our very eyes. So I'm not saying you're gonna, you have to live as a beggar on this earth and become king later on. 
But no, even right now, we're able to enjoy all the authority that is given to the Lord's children. When I, whenever I pray in my own room, I, I pray kneeling down in my room. Uh, the presence that I'm feeling right now is even stronger than the presence that I felt before in our old building. But whenever I pray, I pray kneeling down. Whenever I do spiritual warfare, I, I go into the office I, and I sit on the throne on the huge sofa that is in my room because I'm praying as a royal being and I'm, I'm, I'm engaging in this spiritual warfare as, his, as, his, as, his, as the king of God. So you need to confirm of your identity as the Lord's royal beings as you live on this earth right now. You cannot become king there if you have lived a beggar, lived as a beggar on this earth. You are kings. And next, daughter Zion now a captive. Oh, no, no. So talk about Israel that has become a captive. Free yourself from the chains on your neck. It means you're you're freed from all the chains that have have surrounded you. So, what does it mean that you cannot believe that you have become a royal being? It means you are still enchained to the world, that you're still paying the price for your flesh. That's what you're believing in, rather than believing in the promise of God. You're, you're tied to the world, you're tied to your problems. I have a, I'm a pastor, I have to take responsibility for my pastoral ministry. I have kids, I have to take responsibility for my kids. I have to preach because I'm a pastor. These are all burdens. You're supposed to be, ex be excited for your time to, to, to preach. Whereas your church members might be excited about a short sermon. And I always say that it's not my will to preach for a long time. But as soon as I begin, it just becomes longer. To believe yourself as a royal offspring of, G, of, of God means that you, you believe that you have been freed from these shackles. When I was preaching from Romans, I said, you, are, you have been liberated from your sin. It's not simply being uh, uh, simply a slave being freed, but it means you have been completely transformed. In, in the 1900s of, in Korea, 1910, uh, the, the Koreans back then were captives of, of, of Japan and they said, they proclaimed, they declared their independence from Japan. But that was not true independence yet. And many people were, were beat, beaten to death and in jail because of that proclamation, because of that declaration. Why is that? It's because we don't, we didn't have authority yet. But in 1945, April 15th, people were able to to, to shout uh, for joy for their from their because of their independence from Japan. And when when the Koreans did that, when they proclaimed in 1945 that the Japanese ran away because they have lost in the war. And they have no authority over us anymore. 
because we have regained our authority as a nation. So, as the people of God, we have been liberated from the world. It's not simply a freedom that comes, simply a freedom, but it means God has given us authority, the authority of a king. And what does that mean? At the very least, at the very least, you don't have any relations with the world anymore. It is not just in the in the aspect of emotions. When you actually believe in this authority, God will God will show you that you have no connection with the world anymore. So you just, the world has no influence over you. Well, some of us, of course, still is unable to believe in this, and they continue to put these shackles upon uh, upon themselves. Right now, my elbow and my, my, my knees are aching because because uh, one of the pastors fell over when I when I prayed for him. Scars of glory. These are scars of glory. So, these these men, these uh, verses are not separated. Being enthroned means you're separated from the world. You have to believe that God has given you that authority. Like one of the pastors said before, he was healed of his ankle. Uh, so many, many of you guys were healed by God. And once he was, once he was prayed for, he called me his spiritual father. And what is this? He stomps, he's able to stomp his ankles after being healed because he believed that God has already uh, healed him. So no pain should, should be felt from him stomping his feet afterwards. And these things do not happen, happen just through me, but through my wife as well and through all the people, through all the, all the people in this church. So because so many people, so many miracles happened during the, 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 the prophets conference that my wife led. And I was very delighted to hear that news that my wife did, did so well. And it felt really good and refreshing for me to stay behind and intercede for my wife. So uh, after, maybe next time I'm, I'm going to send my wife again as well and just stay home and pray for the conference. <laughs> Let's move on. This is a very important thing that we have to receive. Even though we, we, we live saying that we are royal, his royal offsprings, but only when we're, we have been truly separated from the world can we confirm of that. So in the case of our church members, you're able to look, you're able to look at me. I have never had a concern in the world. And I don't get influenced by the words of man. And I don't even read the news that often. The reason why I don't read the news is because because it is all false in the first place. But secondly, secondly, the world 
the world flows through the prayers of the, of the Lord's people and through me. It's not up to them to decide what happens. And so that's why I don't need the information of the world. I don't need the world like others do. Because I believe that God created the world. I believe that He is in control of the world. And I believe that He is able to, 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 to work through my prayers. But, if, but when you live saying that you are a child of God, that you have His royal authority, but you still live being affected by the world, then that means you're, you're not filled with faith. And that is a great deception. Verse 3 and 4, this is what the Lord says, You were sold for nothing, and without money you will be redeemed. Israel belongs to God. God is their only master. But he didn't sell it to the Israelites because he didn't have money. But it, they, it says here, they were sold for nothing. The reason why, the reason why the Israelites were, were sold to the to, to Babylon was not because they were that not because God was poor. God didn't receive a payment for Israel, and this is extraordinary in itself. Simply put, you 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 have. You do not bow before the world because you don't have money, because you don't have power. It's because you don't know who you are that you bow before the world. God simply just sent the Israelites to Babylon. And that means whenever the Lord wishes, He can take them back. And that's why He can redeem them without any payment. This is extraordinary. It means we have nothing to do with the world. I'm not sold to the world because I have debt. If you believe in this, you can live with very you can live with confidence. Why don't you have confidence? We, sh- we should live with confidence because we are not sold to the world because we were, we were in debt, because we don't have money. This is written clearly in Romans that we have, nothing, we have no ties to our flesh anymore. We're not indebted to our flesh. But if, if it was the other case, if we were still indebted to the world, then there's no reason, there's no hope with our lives. But now God has taken that away, that out of the equation. We don't have something that something that we need to pay back. So it's not because the world did not give it to you. It's not because you're not you don't have a certain skill set that you that you have this despair. It's because you don't believe in this extraordinary grace and salvation that God has given to you. And I'm sure some of you are still unable to uh, understand this concept. You need to receive it by faith. The reason why you're you're broken every day is because you don't believe in this. So in the case of Israel, they don't have to pay a debt. All they have to do is wait for God to 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 bring them back. 
In the Bible, it says, even though the grass and the flowers wither, the kingdom of God lasts forever. During the second revival of Babylon, in, in the reign of uh, Lavros, it was during the second. Uh, uh, second climax of Babylon but that's when the Lord willed the Israelites back into uh, into their own land and that's how powerful God is it was not because the, the Babylon was weak it's not because he didn't have money that, 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 that he sold the Israelites to Babylon he's in control of this whole process if he says, I'm going to take back my people, then that's going to happen. So, who are we going to live for? We have to live for God. But some of us still long to wish, uh, wish to live for the world. Verse 4. For this is what the Sovereign Lord says. At first, my people went down to Egypt to live. Lately, Assyria has oppressed them. So this is uh, them reminiscing of their past when they were captives of Assyria. But even then, the Israelites were not indebted to the Assyrians. They were just sent over there because of the complications in their relationship with the Lord. But for those who have confirmation about their, about their identity before God, no matter what situation they're put in, even let's say you have, you're in difficulty because you don't have money, those who are faithless will, will struggle without because they don't have money, and they will start to uh, blame themselves or blame others. But those who have faith will realize that, will say that God has put me in this situation. There's something that I have to learn, or something that I have to resolve through this. That's the kind of confession that comes out of those who are faithful. But others, people who are faithless, will say, I don't have money. The reason why I'm here is because I don't have money. I met, I met the wrong person to marry. I met the wrong parents. And that's why I have, to, I have to work so hard to earn money and support myself and my family. It's because you don't have faith. But the child of God, knows that God is in control of everything. And so all you have to do is maintain your holiness. And they know that ultimately God is, takes responsibility for them. And so they don't have to worry about anything. So what kind of confessions are you giving to God? It's because of her. It's because of him. It's because of my parents. Is this the kind of confessions that you're lifting up to God? And there's no, uh, there's no answer to that question then. But the people of God know that not a single piece of hair will fall from your head without, without the, Lord, the Lord's knowledge. Amen. So now you realize what this, uh, what this, how extraordinary this message is. Even if you're in pain. Don't say that oh, I'm, I'm in pain because I, I, I met my, my bodily limitation. I worked too hard. 
But the people of faith will say, oh, the reason why I'm in pain, the reason I'm ill is because I have not lived with the fullness of the Holy Spirit. But right now, I, and they will say, I pray in the name of Jesus that all illnesses, all pain will be washed away from my body. So no matter what, what, what situation you're facing, what conditions you're under, when you look at it in the aspect of, of the spiritual world, everything is linked to your holiness. But anyways, let's move on. It says, uh, verse five. And now, what do I have to? What do I have here? Declares the Lord. For my people have been taken away for nothing, and those who rule them mock. So when you face failures and humiliations. There is no answer to that. Uh, In the gospel, it talks about when Mary and Joseph lost Jesus. But Mary and Joseph looked around uh, for themselves to, to find uh, the, uh, where they have lost their son. They looked at the house of their relatives and they looked around all the places to see where he was. But spiritually saying, the reason why they lost their son is because they... They were spiritually busy. They were unable to focus on what is important. And so they were only looking forwards and not looking around them to realize that they have left their son behind. Likewise, when we're spiritually distracted in this way, we, we, we don't know where the problem lies. And so we, we, we look all, all over the place to try to resolve our problems, not knowing which is the right thing to do. What is the right thing to do? We keep seeking uh, uh, to resolve this issue by the flesh rather than, rather than seeking out the, the spiritual issue. And so whatever pain or whatever hardship that comes to you in the flesh are all linked to your spiritual issues. And we should be able to realize that. And that is a privilege that is given to the children of God. If there's something that is wrong with, the, with you in the spiritual realm, then instantaneously through your prayers, you're supposed to be able to resolve that issue for yourself. And, the, and your reality will change according to that. And the pastor that had a tumor in his... That had, no, not a tumor, but a lump in his body. It is a physical and medical issue that he had on his on his body. But when you resolve the the the, the, the actual reason why he has that 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 um, medical issue, then uh, by praying and, and delivering him from that spiritual issue, then he instantaneously his body will respond to that and become healthy again. So when you try to resolve your issues through the flesh, then you cannot resolve the issue that lies with your spirit. And in the first place, it is impossible for, impossible for you to, to find the answer to your question in, 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 in the world. You and I have different personalities, and our personalities do not match. And how is it possible for him to translate my message? 
It is something that should be impossible. But the reason why it is happening right now is because it is done through God. It is done through His anointing, through His Holy Spirit. It is done through love. We look at some some people. Some some people are very suitable to one another. But at times, one person is one person looks very luxurious, while the other person looks looks very common, and it doesn't it doesn't match. Then we will we will question that couple, saying, "How did they meet? How did they get married?" But even though it is difficult to match them in appearance, it means their spirits are 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 are, are matched. So what I'm saying is, do not worry. Do not worry about your conditions or your reality. I don't have money. I'm not beautiful. Do not worry. Do not worry about your marriage. Don't worry that no no man will come to you. Some some man is gonna come to you who has the same spirit as you. Look at, look at Singa. How did she meet with such a such a bright bright uh, man? How is that possible? It was such a big news that that uh, was getting married. Many people thought it was impossible. So that's why it is very important for us to be aware of the things that are that are that are uh, spiritual. That's why we have hope. That's why we can pray to God. And when, when you want to get married, just pray that Lord, would you blind his spiritual eyes so that he will come to me? So you cannot unravel your life through the things of the flesh. You cannot even explain your life through the things of the flesh. So, and we should not be tied to the world in the flesh as well. And many of us still cannot accept that because you don't believe in it. We don't seek the things of the flesh anymore. And what's next? And all day long, my and now what do I do? What do I do? What do I have here? Uh, for my people have been taken away for nothing and those who will then mock so, so the people who are ruling over Israel right now are mistaken they don't realize who Israel is they think they're able to conquer Israel because they were powerful and they start to persecute Israel and they even start to mock the name of the Lord. They, are, they start to uh, look down and mock the name of, of Yahweh. And in verse 6 it says, Therefore my people will know my name. Finally, when the Lord allows the Israel to be taken back, to be freed from Babylon, and likewise, when we leave this world, when we leave this earth to, to meet the Lord, He says, you will know my name. 
And through the, their their life as captives, through the through this uh, life in chains, they're able to realize who God is and how important their relationship with the God was. And finally, when we leave this world and we meet the Lord face to face, we'll realize how great He is, how great His name is. But that is something that we also have to get a glimpse of on this earth. Therefore, in that day, they will know that it is I who foretold it. When you grow spiritually, and as your spirit is continue, when 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 your spirit is open to Lord, you're able to meet God in a deeper way, and you're able to encounter Him. And that that is all within this pro- progress. Uh, that is all within this process of, of you growing spiritually before the Lord. And so it is important for you to open your spirit to the Lord and continue to experience spiritual growth as you live with God. You realize how great and extraordinary God is. So when we grow spiritually, we can sum it up in one word is to understand the love of God. And you have the fear of God. And love and fear is, is the same word here, has the same meaning here. Because love also contains the contains this the, the definition of fear. And those who love God have a fear for Him. And those who love God and have a fear for Him, they become intimate with God. So rather than using the word fear in the New Testament, we should use the word we should use the word wonder instead. Because his love is wonderful. And Apostle John explained the Lord's love as uh, the, uh, he explained lo- love as uh, being obedient to the or, uh, to the law of God. So, the laws, the orders, the commandments that God gave to Israel in the in Deuteronomy is His expression of love for His people. So, rather than using the word fear, we should use wonder. It is wonderful that 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 such a great being has chosen to love us. In Romans eight, Paul says, "Who can take me away from His love?" Who can uh, take him away from his love? And he allows us to be more than conquerors. And in this season, God is allowing us to experience his love. And do you know what it means that his love is coming towards us? And that means God is going to uh, completely, fulfillingly, and satisfactorily um, transform us. But are you still in despair? Are you still filled with uh, concerns and worries? And if that is you, then that means you have not accepted His love. Because when you have accepted His love, when you are feeling His love, how can you fall into despair? How can you be depressed? How can you not be excited to live another day, another day in His love? But in this season, you need to receive that perfect love that comes from the Father. And in this season, we should experience no sadness. 
In this season, the world is going to plummet into darkness. But how can we maintain our, our joy in this, in this evil? God is going to allow that season to come upon us. During the, the first three and a half years of the seven-year period, uh, we're going to feel the same persecutions and the same pain and hardships that comes to the rest of the world. And of course, God is going to continue to pour His protection over us. But, but in the latter three and a half years, that persecution and that hardship is going to go directly to those unbelievers. It will come towards the believers as well. But like how the persecutions, uh, the, 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 the trials of God came upon the whole of Egypt, even, even in the land of Goshen, and a lot of natural disasters are going to happen in the end times as well. But in the latter three and a half years, so in the beginning three and a half years, um, natural disasters are going to come upon us. But in the latter years, the angel of God, the angels of God are going to come and strike people directly. But that judgment will not come upon those believers, will not come upon the remnants. And the time of remnants are, uh, is not just that uh, on, on those years, but, but, it's, uh, but it's important for us to live as those remnants in the present as well. Even when the world plummets into darkness, we are able to delight and have the joy of God within us. Because we live while looking at Jesus who is, uh, who is, who is descending upon us. Just like how uh, God continued to feed the Israelites in the wilderness, Jesus himself will be, will, 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 will be seen with our very eyes and he will support us and keep us safe in those times. And that's why we have to keep the doors of heaven open to us. Even right now, we need to train ourselves to keep the doors of heaven open to us. Look around the world right now. Where is, there, where is the anointing of God present? Where is His glory residing? Let's move on. We need to conclude faster. It is I am here. Yes, it is I. This is saying, God is saying, here I am, look at me. When the God, word of God is fulfilled, we will scream shouts of joy when we have encounter when we encounter him on that day. In 2 Corinthians 12, we're looking at the face of God right now. Even though it's a bit hazy, we're still able to look at his face. And the face that we're looking at right now is when we're going to the millennial kingdom, we realize that it is the same face that we're going to see in that kingdom. And all the people who are gathered here will say the same thing. Oh, it's the same. God will say, it is, me, it is I. None of you are excited about this? In 1 John 3.1, it says, we will see what we are seeing right now. So that's why we have to look at him right now as we live on this earth. Some of you are looking at an earless Jesus. 
and you will go to that kingdom and say, you had ears? Some of you are looking at a noseless Jesus. Some of you are looking at a Jesus without eyes. Why is that? In 2 Corinthians 3.18, it says, The fullness of the Holy Spirit completes His image. But because you're unable to maintain the fullness of the Holy Spirit, it says in, in Colossians as well, that only when you're, when, you're, when you're under the light of the glory that shines from the gospel, will you be able to complete the image of God within you because you're not living with the glory of God, because you're not living with the fullness of the Holy Spirit. You're looking at an incomplete Jesus. To look at Him means to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It means, you're, it means that the truth system has been built correctly within you. And that means you're able to look at the face of Jesus correctly. And that will be the same face that you're seeing, that you will see in the millennial kingdom. Jesus will say, it is I, I am here. And you will say, that's the face that I have, looked, I have seen my whole life. And we will say, it is the same. In faith, let's say, it's the same. Well, let's say it's the same uh, to the people around you. Looking at their faces. The uh, eternal slogan of our church is to, um, to, to, to be overwhelmed, to becoming, become a church that is overwhelmed. At first, at first when I met God, I felt like my heart was exploding and I thought all the believers were felt the same way. And that's why the slogan of our church in the beginning was uh, uh, an explosive church. But right now, it, uh, it's not there right now, but in the beginning of, of our church, there was a, there was a um, pork colored, pork colored, Cutlet restaurant that was called Explosive Cutlets. And we don't want to be similar to that, and that's why we change it to a church that overwhelms you in a good way. Anyways, it means that you have to be excited for Jesus, to be in awe of Him. There's so many miracles written in the Bible, that, that, and so many miracles that happen to our church that we cannot explain with our words. Uh, bones being reconstructed, people being healed of so many different illnesses, uh, broken bones coming being mended together, and new bones just growing out of the body. There's so many miracles that happened, but that is just practice compared to what is to come. Because now is now is when God is going to show us His actual power. So it is. It, so God is telling us to be excited for it. Many miracles are going to happen that transcends the physics of physics of our current world. Manna is going to fall again, and through it we're going to see the glory of God uh, manifest, be manifested. All we have to do in preparation is to prepare our faith, to prepare holiness. Do not fall into despair. Do not think, oh, that, that will not happen to me. I cannot do those miracles. Don't worry. Even if it didn't happen to you before, it's going to happen now. As soon as you believe, God is going to allow these miracles to happen upon you as well. 
You will make the lame walk. You will let the blind see. So that's why the title today is uh, to be awakened, to hear awakened and be amazed. Why aren't you amazed? It's because you're not facing the Lord. And that's why you fall into despair or sadness. So many families have come from overseas and they're amazed by, by, by the presence of God here. Why can't you be amazed? So, come on, show how you're amazed by God. This is the essence. It's not because this is a special time that has been given to us. This is, this is very, this should be, this should be very natural for us. So if you look at the Hebrew text for today, it says, "How beautiful are the feet who are on the mountains." So what is so beautiful that you're that that this, this author is amazed? It, it, it's, it's not oh so the mountains are not the beautiful thing that is defined but it, the feet of those who bring news the feet of those who bring good news is the thing that is being called beautiful so of course this prophecy is given to uh, uh, the Israelites who have just been freed from Babylon He's talking about the coming of the Messiah and how he's going to build his church upon this earth. And he's talking about uh, how the millennial kingdom is going to come upon this land. And this feed is talking about the messenger who's going to talk about this great victory that is going to happen on that day, the spreader of that good news. People are going to run towards Mount Zion to, to exclaim this victory. So is the are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace. We have already received this good news, received the message of victory, the ultimate and perfect victory. And it, this is not a victory that can be taken away from us. It is a perfect victory. In the case of Babylon, it means Babylon will be destroyed. Right now, it seems that Babylon is indestructible. So, so think about how great that news is going to be when, when, when that Babylon is finally destroyed. But this is a victory that is not that we are not unaware of. Of course, some some people will, will not be aware of that victory. It is a prophecy written in Jeremiah. That 70, 70 years before uh, hand, God already proclaimed uh, prophesied a man that would the name of the person. That, that a man named Goresh is going to rise up. Think how amazed the people will be that, that will finally be able to uh, confirm of the Lord's promise. And in that day, in that kingdom, you will, you will not be surprised by things that you have, you have never heard of before because it is all proclaimed, it is all prophesied in the Bible. 
you will be amazed because you realize that everything that is written in the Bible is true. So those of us who are unable to believe in this message will not be amazed on that day either. So you, you need to be amazed right now. Be amazed while reading of these prophecies. Be amazed while receiving the anointing that comes from the millennial kingdom. And that when this, when this kingdom finally comes, you will be more amazed that everything that you have believed will turned out to be true. And uh, this good news is, is talks about peace, a perfect peace, a victory that cannot be taken away. God has uh, fulfilled this, this, this victory. He has proclaimed this victory over the world. Today as well, you need to be amazed by the message that I'm proclaiming right now. And the reason for that is, is not because this message may become true. And this is not something that I'm telling you to put, put effort into doing. It, in the, uh, it is not possible for you to achieve through your actions as well. No matter how you think about it, no matter what you do, this message will be fulfilled. That victory will be given to us no matter what you do. It is something because it is something that has been promised by God to his children. And that's why we need to be amazed. In August 18th, uh, Korea was finally independent of Japan. Up until then, all, word, all declarations of independence uh, was done in vain because it was not true. Their reality was still being captive of the, of the Japanese. But on that day, we'll see that ultimate victory being given to us. And that's why we should be amazed uh, about that message even right now. For a child of God, this, this amazement should always follow that person. So are you amazed right now? You're amazed while listening to the word of God, right? When we were ministering in Swaziland, in Eswatini, was it Pastor Gembe? Somebody proclaimed the message of God. A person fainted, fainted with amazement. Maybe, maybe uh, Pastor Gembe was there. There was a sister that fainted while listening to the word of God. Who was she? Putin? Putin of Russia? Is her, is her name Putina? Because she was able to receive that message by faith. She screamed like that and fainted in amazement. And I was surprised because she, she passed out. Because she was able to believe in the word of God and it, it amazed her. But, but for the past 24 years, none, nobody in this church fainted when, when I was preaching. Uh, somebody fainted while, while uh, typing out my message, but nobody fainted during the worship session. So I'm, very, I'm kind of upset about that. Maybe I should might immigrate to Eswatini. 
Let's move on. We have this kind of amazement. Enthusiasm. Enthusiasm. That means that God, God resides within us. And that means He manifests Himself through us. So don't think like this. I'm, 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 I was born with this kind of personality. I was always quiet. I was always timid. No, when the Holy Spirit is within you, you, ha- you, have, you start to have passion. You know of, um, of my testimony. I was not a talkative person. I was a very quiet person. I didn't speak a single word before meeting the Lord. But after I, met, I was met with the Lord, I, could, I cannot stop talking. And once during the beginning of my marriage with Mrs. Cho, she said, you talk too much. And with that, because of that shock, I, I have become less talkative right now. But anyways, I'm, I'm talking about the transformation that happens when the Holy Spirit comes into us. And so be amazed. So think about it. What, what, what is there for us to do? For the past three weeks, as we had these foreigners here, I, I couldn't sleep. And I, and I t- asked myself, why can't I sleep? Is, is, is there something wrong with my spirit? But it's because I was amazed. I was amazed that God has invited so many people from all over the world to come to this church. And this is the fulfillment of the prophecy of Isaiah. Is that my house will be a house of prayer for, for, for all the nations, for all peoples. Amen. What's next? <laughs> so, who brings good tidings? Macarios. So, this, this news, this good news, news of victory is. It's a message of joy, it's a message of delight, delightfulness. So those who receive this news, those who receive this message should delight as well and be filled with happiness. During the pandemic, all the other churches of Korea uh, were having the worst years of their lives. But our church was filled with, with joy. And even though everybody got sick eventually, it didn't matter because we're still able to come together and worship and enjoy each other in celebration. And those who were healthy uh, were, were, were happy about serving others with their food and, 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 and delivering medicine around. <laughs> and back then it was very uh, the, the restrictions were, were very uh, severe and so if we if we got caught then our church would have been shut down but none of us got caught it, uh, not even once even though we hold so many conferences <laughs> and, <laughs> and people of our church even went to their companies while having while, while being sick but there were no uh, no disadvantages were given to them 
So what I'm trying to illustrate is that nothing in this universe can become a hindrance to our happiness. He says, to who proclaims salvation? This is talking about the completion of salvation. So think about how happy are the are those who are able to bring this news to others. The Israelites had this happiness within them uh, as soon as they were taken out of, uh, they were they had received their freedom from Babylon. And those who are receiving the blessing of God are filled with this kind of happiness. And it is a happiness that we will also enjoy in the millennial kingdom as well. Verse 8. Listen, your watchmen lift up their voices. Finally, the watchmen are able to lift their voices because of their freedom from Babylon. What do they shout? Do they shout for joy? Because they have received the news of victory. And it's not just the news of victory, but Jesus himself is returning. So, in, during the Exodus, Exodus from Egypt, that event is being... In Psalm 66, it says, as the Ark of the Covenant is moving into Jerusalem, only when Jesus is enthroned in, in, in Jerusalem, when the Ark of the, only when the Ark of the Covenant returns to Jerusalem, where can, can it signify their, their freedom from cap- captivity? Because the Ark of the Covenant signifies the presence of God. And so God's presence needs to be present in, the, in Jerusalem, in the temple of God, for Israel to be completely secure. And that's why the, the Israelites desire for the coming of the Lord. When they were redeemed from Babylon, and for the church in Malachi 3 it talks about when Jesus when God is enthroned in the church and this is not talking about a representative of God coming but God himself is going to come and his heavenly assembly will come upon us then the church itself will be amazed because the king is finally the king has returned and his glory comes with him as well so the name, the name church itself should, should bring amazement to people. And, and, uh, and people during the early churches, they drew the, the, the what's that sign called? Ictus? The, I think it's the, the fish sign. That signifies that they're believers. And so they would say, oh, you too, are you waiting for the Lord to come as well? In Greek, the word, the, 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 the name of the church is called Ecclesia. And Ecclesia means a, a, a holy assembly. And holy is, o- is only... It's, uh, oh, what's it? it's a label only given to God, but that label has also been given to His church as well. Mm-hmm. 
And this is not a theory. Because God has given us His holiness, because we are a church of God, Jewish church, God has given His power and authority to rule over His creations. And so be confident. Know that you are king. Know that you have power and authority. So why do we compromise with the world then? The world cannot move. The, the church cannot move according to the world. If the world tells you not to not to have worship, then are you going to stop your worship? That doesn't make sense. In the case of our church, during the pandemic, for three years, the church of the churches were restricted of their worship, but we didn't care. We gathered nonetheless. Because we don't follow the rules of the world. We follow the rules of God. And more and more of these situations are going to come upon us. And even then, because the only person we fear is God, we're going to follow His orders. Let's move on to verse 8. When the Lord returns to Zion, so the watchman and, and the, the bring of uh, oh, so the, God has returned to Zion even before the, the, the spreader of the good news has come here and so the watchmen saw the Lord coming and they were able to shout with joy because they see the king coming towards them and they're filled with amazement. So this is the same amazement that the Israelites felt when they were freed from their captivity. And when their very own eyes to receive the Lord coming towards them. And these things will also happen in the church as well as, as the church receives the Lord's glory. In Luke, Peter uh, denounces his faith three times and on the third time the, the, the chicken cries the rooster cries it's amazing that there was a rooster over there so the rooster cries at that moment Jesus looks at Peter and Peter also meets his eyes with Jesus and he repents immediately think about what kind of eyes uh, Peter, Peter saw what kind of expression Jesus had did Jesus say I knew you would do that I knew you were going to betray me look what did I tell you I told you so is that, is that what Jesus did? When Peter looked at the eyes of Jesus, he realized Jesus said, Peter, it's okay. It's okay. I still love you. Those were the eyes that Peter saw. And so the Lord that is returning to Zion is also looking at you with the same eyes. He's saying, it's okay. It's okay. When we reach the millennial kingdom, we'll be able to see those eyes and Jesus is going to say I love you so is there a bigger grace than this? verse 9 burst into songs of joy together but because the Lord is returning 
He's gonna restore the ruins of Jerusalem. So the people are able to sing songs of joy. For the Lord has comforted his people, he has redeemed Jerusalem. His comfort brings restoration to everything. And we need that comfort as well right now. The reason why you are unable to uh, uh, be healed of your inner inner scars is, is because you have not received this, this comfort that comes from God. The word comfort and compassion are not the same. But in this case, we can say that they hold the same meaning. Let's say this child has experienced a failure. So he's beating on his chest. All, all we can do as humans is pat them on the back and say, you did well, it's okay. But the comfort of, that comes from God is different. It is, he bec- because he is the source of life, he can... And the Holy Spirit is present within us. And that's why we can continue to receive comfort from the Holy Spirit. And through that comfort, we can be healed of our scars, be healed of our, of our, of our uh, bindings. And that is the mercy of God, that is His compassion. And after what Jesus did, He, had, he has uh, told us to continue to go before the throne of grace every day. None of us, no, no believer in this world has a spirit that is strong enough to not need this comfort from Jesus. And so this comfort is a privilege that is given to his children. It is because you're deceived into thinking that you can live without this comfort by, by seeking something of the world that you don't want this comfort. In Psalms it says the reason uh, uh, the, uh, the limitation of hope comes from comes from comes from uh, failures of faith the failures of your faith but for the people of God for people for for people who live by faith even though they may face failure, failures in the past it doesn't matter because they're able to receive comfort from the Lord and encouragement from the Lord and they're able to rise back up again this is a, a dangerous um, illustration. Let's say a person has a scar because they didn't have a thousand dollars. But the Lord's comfort may be giving them that money. I'm saying that the comfort of God is real, it is very practical. So, so in that sense through the comfort of God of the Lord uh, Jerusalem is being restored and the church as well has to receive this comfort of God to be, to be, to be restored and renewed Even right now, the Holy Spirit is coming to you and touching each and each and every one of your souls to complete the image of the church. 
And it is uh, the Holy Spirit is an expert in rebuilding your spirits. So, does it make sense for you to continue to hold on to your scars, hold on to your bitter roots? That is uh, uh, that is proof that you are not living by the Holy Spirit, that you're neglecting the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit, as He resides within you, He will not ignore your scars, He will not ignore your bitter roots. And of course, this can be said in many different aspects. But it is an instinct that the Holy Spirit has to come and heal, heal our hearts. Because He is... Because God is, uh, God, because God is good, He will not leave you to be in that state. He, because He is good. If your fortress is in, is in, is in, uh, has crumbled down, then He will rebuild it for you. If your heart is in pain, if it's in scars, if it is bound, then the Holy Spirit cannot bear that. You yourselves do not realize how severe that is because you continue to live in the world. But the Holy Spirit will strive, will do its best to come and heal you and, and tell you of, your, uh, of, these, uh, of these difficulties and help you to, to become whole again. So that's why we have to pray to the Holy Spirit saying, Lord, as Holy Spirit, would you come and help us? We cannot do this for ourselves. But even while living with the Holy Spirit, if you still have scars, if you still have bitter roots and, 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 and wounds that you have not, healed, have, been, have not been healed yet, then that means you have perfectly ignored and neglected the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit is present with you, within you, then how can you live like that? The Lord will lay bare His holy arm in the sight of all nations. So all the nations will see uh, this perfect restoration of Jerusalem. And this, the, the prophecy of verse 10 is going to happen on the second coming of Jesus. But that same power, that same restoration needs to happen in the church today. When we talked about uh, the ecclesiology, we talked about this. No matter where the church is, your faith and your influence needs to spread across the world. That is the power given to the church. We have the authority to rule over creation, not just our nations, not just our cities, but the whole world. And so the amazement that is present within Israel is also present within the church as well. The amazement that, that Israel had while becoming the child of God. It's the power that, that allowed them to endure through the pain and suffering that they, they endured through uh, uh, all, this, uh, all this time. The key to their success, the key to their restoration lies in, in this faith that they had with God, in their identity as the child of God. This, um, because of their amazement that they had. It is built within their DNA. 
I have been to Israel numerous amount of times. <clears throat> I went during the, the, the uh, part, Day of Atonement. And I went into the, the uh, the people just ignored me. I went into uh, what's it called? The Jewish 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 sanctuary. I forgot the term for that, but I visited that place. And I went in there, but no, I couldn't sense a single sliver of anointing or the presence of God present in that place. And the amazing thing was, in, in our case, if we don't sense anointing, if we don't sense the presence of God somewhere, then we, we just give up praying. But the Jews, they're able to pray for hours and hours, even though there's not a sliver of anointing in that place. But the reason why they can do that is because it is built within their DNA, even if there's no presence. And because they don't, <clears throat> because they don't have the indwelling Holy Spirit, they don't even know what, what, what spiritual attacks are. But they're just focused on God. They're just focused on His Word. And it's almost, almost foolish what they're doing. But what happens through this is they have this amazement, feeling of amazement within them that they have become the child of God. So we need to thank God for giving us such a, a great spiritual uh, environment. So don't complain that there's no presence, no anointing. So, uh, this amazement is present within the Israelites. And all the ends of the earth will see the salvation of our God. That they will come to us as well. All the nations will acknowledge the presence of God. The whole world will be under the name of the God. So let's move on to verse 11. This is spoken right at the time of their liberation. Depart, depart, go out from there. And because God has uh, nullified the power of Babylon, they're able to depart from there. The unbelievers will, will not uh, will not realize this. They will say, Babylon is still so powerful, how can we just leave? But the, but the believers, the people of God, when they listen to the voice of God saying, depart, depart, they will be able to stand up and go out immediately. And for us, that is the world. The world is a, is a, business, is a place that is going to burn away in one day. And so that's why God continues to tell us to be depart, to depart from the world, to be set apart from the world and become a wanderer 
a wanderer can only go, has to wander around, and that's why they only have all their belongings fit into a backpack. So, if you're living in the wilderness, if you're a wanderer, it doesn't make sense for you to carry on carry around uh, uh, your household appliances like a fridge. You just stay light so that. When the Lord moves you, you can move right away. When he says depart, depart, we need to leave. We must, must not stay within, the, uh, within Babylon. The reason why the church cannot become a religious city is this. In Micah 4, 8, it says, he says, you need to leave from, from the city. You need to leave the city of, of religion. We must not uh, stay there. The Bible continues to tell us to be separated from the world. You must not take this lightly. As a children of God, we need to be completely separated from the world. In, in your whole character, you cannot have the, free, uh, the, the scent of the world present within you. That is humanism, that is immor immorality, that is greed. You will die when you still have the scent. People, uh, the children of God, cannot live while cannot survive with the scent of the world within them. Last month, we finished looking from the book of Deuteronomy, and God continued to tell uh, the Israelites not to be mixed. He tells the, the Jews not to wear uh, clothes of different fabrics. You're not supposed to mix your food around. Because he's telling the Israelites not to be mixed. But look at Israel right now. And look at you, you, you guys right now. All of your clothes are mixed. mixed ha they have mixed fabrics. Even, even the fruits are being genetically, genetically mixed. The fruit that we're eating... They're all gen genetically mutated and fused together to form um, a, a so-called better, taste, better tasting food. <clears throat> Many Korean foods are mixed as well. And so even from the food, you can tell how worldly Korea has become. <laughs> Nowadays, when I look at the women, many of them have dyed their hairs blonde. I'm, I'm kind of okay with that if they just dye to one color. But there are some of them who have a lot of different vibrant colors mixed in their hairs. And I don't, I don't really like that. And I don't think God, li God likes that either because he doesn't, like being, he doesn't like us being mixed in any way. Touch no unclean thing. We are already not supposed to be mixed, <laughs> mixed with the world. 
So during the time of the Lord's second coming, we need to cleanse ourselves and, and, and stay clean. We must, not, we must not touch the things that are unclean, that are defiled. Because we, are, we have been liberated from Babylon, we're not supposed to touch the things of Babylon anymore. Right now, God is saying strictly to, to, to us to, to stay away from the world. Because only those who have been separated can, uh, can complete their holiness. So depart. Depart and touch no unclean thing. Do not, uh, do not, do not, do not be close with them. You who carry the articles of the Lord's house. So um, the Lord's artifacts, for example, the, the, Ark of the Ark of the Covenant cannot be put on a carriage. God has given the Levites uh, uh, cows and carriage. But he didn't give the, 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 uh, the, the descendants of Gohab um, um, these carriages because they are to carry the Ark of, Ark of the Covenant on their shoulders. And as Levites, as the people of God, we need to, we need to have the uh, Word of God upon us, or upon our shoulders. In Habakkuk 1, it says this is the warning of the Lord. And the word warning is the word masa. Masa is a, a burden. So the pastor, the priest, need to be burdened with uh, not burdened, but you, you need to be weighed by the, the the gospel of God. So as a pastor, as you prepare for, to preach on Sunday, starting Monday, you need to be weighed, you need to be burdened by the word of God. And on, this, on Sunday, as you preach, you, you lay down that weight. So who is the pastor? And that, the pastor is a person that has lived with the word that he's about to preach that Sunday for the whole week. And the saints, the members of the church, receive that message on Sunday and they live with that message the next week. So likewise, that, likewise, like that mess, how that message become a burden for me, you have to bear that burden as well. So you need a place where you can put down this burden as well. Let's say you, you went to a conference. Or let's say I have to go to Costa Rica to hold a conference, then I will be burdened by the message of Costa Rica. And I will be burdened with that message until I reach that land and proclaim that message. Let's say, let's say I have a conference in Malaysia, then I will be burdened with the message of, of Malaysia. And I will be burdened until I am able to put that message down in Malaysia. So the Levites, the, the people of God, the servants of God, need to have a place where they can let go of that burden. Oh, so uh, when the Philistines, Philistines took over Israel, they took away the Ark of the Covenant and put it on a carriage to, to take it back to their, their, their nation. 
But that's, that's what, not what I'm trying to say right now. But in Second Samuel, uh, it didn't matter for the Gentiles to put the Ark of the Covenant on on carriages as they take it away. But in uh, in Second Samuel, when Uz, King Uzziah touched the Ark of the Covenant was, that was on the carriage, he died instantaneously. Because the Israelites cannot touch the Ark of the Covenant, even when it is riding on a carriage. Whereas the Gentiles, it didn't matter for them. And it's because they have the message of God on, as a burden upon their shoulders. So, when you don't receive this message, this holy message, uh, by faith, and if you receive the message through your through your through 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 your uh, through your me, uh, mind and through reason and rationality, then that will just become a weight on, upon yourself. So the people of God need to re- be able to receive the message by faith. In Jeremiah also says that the message of God is sweet in the in the mouth, but is bitter in, in the stomach. So that means that when you receive the message of God by faith, it becomes a burden. And you need to unravel that burden through through prayer and through uh, personifying that, activating that message within your life. Because the word of God ha- is life. And that's why when you receive this life, when you receive the truth, if you, have, if you have walked the right process, if you've gone through the right process, then you would experience spiritual growth. But if not, then you have to pay the price for, for not, uh, not receiving the message of God correctly. Think about it. Um, the, the Holy Spirit is within you, and the Word of God has been trusted to you. And because the Word of God is life, God does not limit what He gives to you because He has already given you everything. And men of faith like me would receive that message and we would confirm all that message within us. And when that message and message meet, meets, when the message that is being proclaimed, uh, the message that I'm hearing and the message that is within me meet together, they, they form a spark because they work together. It says, come out from and be pure, you who carry the articles of the Lord's house. The message has been given to you because you have become a new covenant being. And so you have to become pure. You have to be pure. This is... Your mind should be filled with the truth only. And every day you need to take off your robes, the semaphore robes, and wash it in the blood of Jesus. Continue to wash away all the impurities that have, have, have gone into you. Verse 12. But you will not leave in haste. 
So the Ark of the Covenant has entered into Jerusalem. The presence of God is coming to Jerusalem. And he, God is going before the Israelites. For the Lord will go before you, and the God of Israel will be your rear guard. This is the image of those who live by the message of God, by the word of God. God will lead you. God will lead before you, but He will also protect you from behind. For the word of God to be within you, it means that the glory of God is being manifested from you. It is not a mystical thing. And soon you will start to uh, experience how, one, how, how, how the Lord manifests His glory and His miracles through you. And in 2 Corinthians, it talks about how the glory of God manifests from you. Uh, when I went to Israel, in the tunnel that is near the, the east wall, it is 900 meters away from, uh, from the temple, I think. And many women were praying over there. Some men were there too. But you cannot find glory in, in the land of Israel because the great prostitute has polluted everything. Everything is polluted with uh, the things of the Catholics, the, with Catholicism. But 900 meters, that tunnel that leads to the Holy of Holies, I could sense the glory of God because the glory of God and His presence still remains in the Holy of Holies. So, how should you understand how the Holy Spirit is working within you? In 2 Corinthians 3, 8, 8, it says, He will lead you from glory to glory. So, everything that God gives to you has the property of glory. Because it is something that the, 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 the Holy God has given to you. And so the essence of your life should be in not restricting the glory of God that, that comes from, that, that, that manifests through you. And every day God, the Lord confirms something for you. And that is, that, that is for you to reveal His glory upon His land. When I went to Israel, uh, it was during one of the Jewish festivals. And so it would Oh, no, no, no. When I went to China, it was during one of their festivals. And so, the Great Wall was filled with tourists, supposed to be filled with tourists. But because of the glory of God is present within me, when I went there, we were able to go up to, 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 uh, to the Great Wall in five minutes, even though it was supposed to be crowded with, with hundreds of people, and it usually takes like an hour to reach the top. And that's what happens whenever we went to wherever we visited in China during that trip. Because of the glory of God radiates from me and from, from, uh, from Deacon Kim. Nature itself responds to the glory of God that, that, that is being revealed. 
And this is not something that I, I did for myself. It is something that comes naturally to those who live with the glory of God. When I went to India, because of the glory of God that radiates from me and from radiates from the people that went with me, 12 Hindu statues were washed away by the flood that happened during, after that conference. So these are the types of things that happens to those who are able to reveal the glory of God in this, on this land. That's why uh, Jesus, when, uh, when that woman, when that sick woman touched his robe, he was able to immediately tell that his, his, his power was, was transferred. And that's why he asked, who touched my robe? Even though there were hundreds of people around him as well. But he felt that one person of faith was able to pull on his power and be healed. And that is not just for Jesus, but we, it, 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 is a, it is a power and authority that has been given to his children as well. I can, I can also heal people while looking at them. So I'm just trying to illustrate how extraordinary of a being you are. The Lord's glory is protecting you, is guarding you. It is a privilege given to every children of God, every child of God. Even in the Old Testament, upon Jacob, God sent his, his angels to protect him, called Anaheim. So you have to believe that we as the heirs of God are, 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 are protected by God, that we are, are protected, we are we're surrounded by His glory. In John 15, it says that the evil ones cannot touch you. So does it make sense for you to be to be to be tormented by these demons? We have the power to nullify the enemies, the, 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 the enemy. Why did he give this extraordinary promise to us? It's because we are protected by his glory. Why did, he, why did God trust you with his creation? Why did, the, why did he give the church the, the ability to rule over creation? It's because his glory has been given to us. It's because his own image is within us. So you have to believe, believe, believe in this. Believe. Amen. And so, you will not leave in haste or go in flight. This is the image of their exodus from Egypt. But it is the same as for, as for our, our, our exodus from the world. Even though uh, we may be fed with, we may be faced with a lot of difficult situations, but but we will not be afraid of these persecutions or these difficulties because we will be able to see the glory of God that is coming towards us. And that is the task, that is the role given to the remnants, to continue to fight for the Lord as they look at uh, the glory of God coming towards them. In the case of the Israelites, they were able to leave Egypt with, with their precious uh, jewels and treasures. 
In Zechariah 6, it also says that the people of God will be crowned. But that crown will be made of the silver and gold that comes from Babylon. And through that time of darkness, the remnants, what, 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 what they will be doing is to, be, to become a crucible. That we are just we are we are uh, gathering strength in preparation. We're preparing our faith in preparation for the days to come. We are preparing ourselves to become like silver and gold that it will not be burned by the fire. Who are the true businessmen? Even though everything, even though the economy is down, and even though everything is down and nothing, nothing is hopeful, they are preparing themselves to become successful because they will know exactly when is the right timing to 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 uh, reveal their product, and they know they know what companies to invest in to to strengthen their own company. And that, that, is what our, that is what our companies, our church companies are going to do as well. We're preparing for that day and when we can pull in a lot of money to build our temple, to build our church. And for what? For who? It is for the glory of God. All this will be done for the glory of God. Because He, he is willing to rule over us. So let's pray. Listen. Listen for the calling of God. Awake, Israel. Do not fall asleep. Wake up with your... Wake up. Be amazed, Israel. Because you are with the glory of God. The glory of God is with you. So be amazed. So today, Lord, would you let the, those the dead people hear? Would, the, would you let those sleeping come awake? Would you... Amaze your people. Let them realize that they are with the glory of God. Let's pray. Do not be deceived by the enemy. Nothing in this world can cover my glory from you. Nothing in this world can erase your glory as well. Do not be deceived by your reality. Do not be deceived by your conditions. Do not believe what you see. Do not believe what you hear. Do not believe what you can touch. Only believe in me. Believe, believe who you are in me because I will let you see my glory. You will, you will experience how extraordinary this, this grace and this glory is. New season has been opened. The, the season of glory is upon you. Do not be afraid. Open up your doors to me. I will go into you and I will protect you with glory. to receive your glory.
Father God, we thank you. We were, we were happy because of you. And we were happy because of, for the past three weeks, we were able to host the, these foreigners. Thank you so much for pouring this happiness upon us. Help us to believe that your children should always delight in you. And in Isaiah 25, as it says in Isaiah 25, that you are my glory of praise. Praise the Lord. There's nothing that exists in this world that can take away this joy from us. The world, money, people cannot take it away. None of them can take away our happiness. Israel, you are happy. You happy are you? We praise you for giving the, us this happiness. Amen. Lord, now that these foreign ministers are going to return to their own countries, I believe that you're going to manifest your glory even greater in their own churches. Would you allow us to meet with one another every time so that we can check on the glory that we have received? Would you bless the community that has served them and bless them so that they can continue to serve even more remnants of the world? Even though we are entering into a time of darkness, help us to know that your glory becomes even brighter. Would you bless and bless these foreigners, for foreign ministers? And let them spread this, the blessings that they have received to their churches. And would you receive the offering that we have given today? Let us know that as the children of God, we are not limited by the, by the material wealth of the world. Let us know, uh, help us to know that your abundance can flow from us to others. Help our hands to become hands that can give and give and give. And let us know that the more we give, the more abundant we're going to become. And wherever, wherever we go, would you help us to, to bring your deliverance to your people? Help us to believe in our identity before you. Now by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is the head of the church, and through the holy love of the Father, and the indwelling, comforting, fulfilling work of the Holy Spirit, to the saints who are willing to receive the message of, of listen, awake, and be amazed upon their families, upon their churches, upon their, upon their children, and upon uh, these the foreign ministers, upon Zoe ministry, and upon Urban Church. May this blessing rest now until forevermore. Amen. Let's turn all the glory to the Lord.